Welcome back to the third hour of the best midday talk show at noon to three on my talk. Okay, we're the only ones, but we're still the best. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts along with Rachel today. Colleen will be back on Monday. Good afternoon and thank you. We have a very important question. And the question for you, do you FOMO or JOMO? Holly, why are we asking this question and what does that actually mean? So it means do you FOMO? Do you have a fear of missing out? Or do you JOMO? Celebrate the joy of missing out. 651-641-1071. Call us with your preference. The reason why we're talking, Bradley. Why are we talking? Oh, thank you. Is you know, that... And then we have a job to do for three hours, so we're forced to talk. But why are we talking about this in particular? Well, because there's a new study that says 71% of people say that they actually look forward to plans being canceled. Oh, yes. So 75% of people love to experience Jomo, the joy of missing out. Now, Bradley, I feel like you are team Jomo on this uh, this uh, question. I think that, well, I, you know, I would be interested in seeing what the age or the demographic breakdown is on this because... In my 20s and for a good chunk, if not most of my 30s, I was team FOMO. Like, I did not want the party to end. I was always the last one at the bar. I was always the last one up at a sleepover. Mm -hmm. I was always, you know, the friend that was like, can we go early? When's this? Like, come on. Right? Like, I got to go. I don't want to miss the party. But then once you hit 40 or once I hit 40 and from there, it's just been a nice downward slide towards jomo like celebrating and just feeling the joy when your plans get canceled i love that feeling so anyway i'd be curious what the the age breakdown is you probably don't have that uh you know i don't i don't know if the survey went that deep in its statistics but yeah 71 percent of people say they actually look forward to plans being canceled just so that they can stay in and according to this survey, 75% of people say there's nothing better than having no plans for the weekend. How do you feel about this? I, Bradley, thank you for asking. And if you want to weigh in, Jomo or FOMO. 641-1071. Yeah. I'm, Unless you're, you yeah, know, enjoying you know, missing, missing out. out. <laughs> that's fine. Then celebrate your Jomo by actually doing something that's functionally Jomo. Uh, Bradley. I am totally team Jomo. Yeah. The joy of missing out. Now, that being said, actually, this weekend, I do have several plans Mm -hmm. that I would be sad if they got canceled. I totally agree. I actually have some FOMO, but more than likely, I'm going to have Jomo because it's just like having looking at a calendar and specifically on a weekend when when your weekend is busy, then you need a weekend from your weekend Mm -hmm. and you can't really get that unless you actually take some days off. And I think this is kind of like that conversation about introvert extrovert in that it's routinely misunderstood. When you say you appreciate the joy of missing out more than the fear of missing out, it's really just saying not that you don't want to do stuff, but that you really enjoy the feeling of having something on your schedule disappear. So it releases you of whatever that obligation does, but it doesn't mean you don't like, cause like you, I have a couple things I'm doing this weekend socially, and I'm actually looking forward to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, like there's no better feeling. Like if I'm, you know, scales, scales, uh, blind justice lady holding the scales, right? Yeah, right. If like Jomo's on one and FOMO's on the other, the intense joy I have over, Plans that I was not really that much looking forward to being canceled versus like 
oh, I know there's this kind of like half interesting thing that I could go to, but, and like some other people I know are going to be there, so I should go. Oh, that's the fear of missing out. That I don't have anymore. That joy of missing out when it, you know, happens way brighter. Yeah. Way brighter. Yeah, and that speaks to the fact that the that the Jomo happens if the plans that are canceled feel more like an obligation. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. then it's just like another well, chore. And that, yeah, sorry. Oh, that's Finish it, yeah. Thought. It's a chore. I was just going to say, and, and again, that's like the FOMO thing. is like you used to force yourself to do things you didn't really want to do because, or I should say me. No, I, I don't want to just put no. this on everyone. No, but, me too. <laughs> but for me, it was like FOMO was like, I don't really want to go to that thing, but I feel like I have to. Yeah. Like you get to a certain age, man, and you just don't feel that way anymore. You're like, I don't care what you think, or I don't care if I'm missing out and everybody else is having fun without me. I'm fine having fun on the couch with my dog. Yeah. Yeah. That, there are rare, rare at this juncture on planet earth is there something that will actually elicit a, a function that will actually elicit fomo where it's like oh man i'm gonna miss out on the fun thing and then now now everyone's gonna yeah. have that inside joke for years and then you're gonna be completely Remember out that of it? one time oh you don't because you never came pineapples <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't there don't yeah. care anymore <laughs> <laughs> i don't have that much anymore rachel do you have uh, thoughts about this I think it very much has to do with the type of people that are going to be at the event that you're missing out on or not missing out on. Tell me more about that. Well, personally, I'm pretty introverted, but when, so when I have plans, it's like, and and they're with people who are like acquaintances. It's like long-term, I feel like it would be beneficial if I hung out with them because they would be, they could develop into stronger friendships or like, I really enjoy them as people, but they're kind of energy suckers. So they kind of take away your energy and make you feel like it's a chore. Like Holly said. So I think, but the, I get more FOMO when it's people who are like close friends or if it's like a concert with people who are like into the same thing as me. Um, that's, and I'm also, I'm 24, so I've, I'm definitely in the, the height of the FOMO stage. Like yeah. I should be like living my life to the fullest now that I'm, yeah. I know I'm single. I don't have any kids. I don't have any responsibilities. So, but it's, it's hard to manage that type of energy yeah. Oh, I totally relate to that. And I totally get it. If you're just joining us, we're talking about FOMO versus JOMO, the joy of missing out versus the fear of missing out. And I think of that, like, I think of all the times when I still have that sort of like lizard brain FOMO thing where like, you are you know, like your friends or like, even in my case, my partner might have plans with some friends and he's like, Hey, do you want to come? And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be. And then I'm like, no, the couch, man, the couch. Yeah. So I still have that gut reaction sometimes, but then. <laughs> the You're like, whatever, that's and, fine. And again, I got YouTube videos I, to watch. It's not that I don't, you know, um, like avoid all social contact. I really just pick and choose and I'm far more comfortable just creating like, you know, the things that I really do want to to, you know, spend my time. You're doing. curating your social yes, experience. Yes. Now, I, I do want to say that this survey about staying in was brought to you by people who want you to stay in. Oh, interesting. Because they want you to drink wine. Thank you, Idaho. <laughs> they want you to drink wine alone on your couch. Yes, well, yeah, the the Idaho Wine Commission sure does. So. Oh, but you know what? Thank you to the Idaho Wine Commission for providing us with a scintillating topic for conversation this afternoon. Yes, absolutely. And uh, if you're missing out on this conversation right now, I'm sorry. You don't know that because you're not listening. When we come back. Get up the podcast. <laughs> yes, listen to the podcast. Our good friend Paul McGuire Grimes joins us to tell us what you 
can uh, enjoy the joy of missing out by sitting on your couch and watching it alone in your own house this weekend right here on My Talk 107.1. Well, what are you going to watch this weekend when you're on the couch or when you invite all your friends over because you don't want to miss out on all the fun they're having? We'll tell you in just a moment. Actually, our friend Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trips to the Movies will tell you in just a moment. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk. I'm Bradley. That's Holly and Rachel and Paul McGuire Grimes. Hello. Hi, Hi, thank you for joining us. Yeah. It was good to see you uh, at some live theater for the very first time for us. Yes. This week we were uh, chatting about Pretty Woman in the break. Yeah, we're season subscribers over at the Hennepin Theater Trust, so it was nice. It's been great to kind of see their season this year. How many shows have I... I think there have been two other shows so far this... This is like their fourth or fifth. Oh my God! I'm so far behind. Well, and that's how you could like it's it's a little hard to like figure out what's part of the season and what was carried over from a previous season. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like there was Frozen, Anastasia, Oklahoma, Come from Away. Oh my God, and I really have missed that oh <laughs> pretty woman. All right, well I'm catching up. I'm catching up. It was good to see you and Ryan there. But tell Thank us you. what we've okay. got. On the docket for TV and so, movies. So, two very different things we can talk about today in theaters. The first, let's go for a horror comedy starring the Foo Fighters. What? Foo the, Fighters yes, and this, horror? Yes. This is called Studio 666, and it, the Foo Fighters play themselves, and they're looking to record their 10th album, so they like want to go to somewhere different, somewhere unique. So, they rent out this house that has some um, rock and roll pedigree, let's say, but it's also haunted because it's a murder house. And they start to set up shop, record their record, and all of a sudden an evil spirit inhabits Dave Grohl. And it goes from there. Okay, I want to hear how this movie, like if it's worth it and all that stuff, but how did this even get off the ground? Great question. So Dave had this idea while actually, not to name drop, but I got to interview the them for this fabulous movie. so you can see my interview with the Foo Fighters on my YouTube channel, Paul Strip the Movies doc, uh, on YouTube. But he had this idea or someone approached like Someone in a recording studio thought, I bet Dave Grohl, I bet the Foo Fighters would be great with horror. So they approached Dave about it, and he's like, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. So he came up with what the premise was going to be. They hired screenwriters, and then their director does, the director of the movie does a lot of music videos for Slayer. And then they've got other people in it, like Whitney Cummings and Jeff Garland, and there's some other cameos along the way. So, I mean, and they play themselves, like, exaggerated versions of themselves. So they're not really stretching. So I think that that helps. Because then you still get the camaraderie, the humor of the bandmates together, and what happens when, like, it starts to go down, if you will. Sounds like Studio 666 perhaps has a Scooby-Doo vibe to it. I mean, a little bit, because <laughs> you're trying to figure out what is happening. And it's, like, it's over the top. Like, it, yes, there's a balance of the horror and the laughter. It is bloody. There's gore. There's mayhem in kind of an Evil Dead kind of way. I think that it's all... All over the top. I'm not going into this looking for Oscar-winning horror yeah. performances. But are, so and, when they're, if it's not great acting, I'm like, okay, that's fine because they're the Foo Fighters and we're having fun. We're all having fun. John Carpenter did the score and the theme song for it, and I was like, how did you guys get attached with Jeff, John, um, John Carpenter? And they gave a really good story about how John's son went on tour with them years ago, mm. and John was like, "You guys were so good to my son back in the day that like, why don't I'll do the music for your movie?" So we just talked about the idea of like being nice and paying it forward, and you never know when that will kind of come back in life. So, Paul, is this like? I, I feel like it's like an alternative to like you know, uh, like just like a band film. Like yes. it, we don't have to do this sort of like typical thing, right? You know, like yeah. we can actually have some fun with it, absolutely. And, you know, throw in some weird horror stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like. A hard na- day's night meets Evil Dead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Hard Day's Night and Evil Dead. Yeah, that's a great comparison for it. Yeah. So if you like the if you like Foo Fighters, if you like horror, I think you will dig it. Just don't go in expecting like 
a Wes Craven movie or like something highbrow because yeah. it's not that. So I gave it three and a half out of five tickets. So well, that's I had a fun that's time. A solid, listen, that's wait, are, I yeah. forgot. Are we going to theaters or is this on the We are going to go to theaters for it. Okay. Yes. All right. So in theaters now. Yes. All right. Uh, from Studio 666, we've got, and I have heard some interesting things about this movie, Cyrano, yes. another telling of a long-told tale. Yeah, this is the classic love triangle between Cyrano, who is played by Peter Dinklage, who's in love with Roxanne, and but he doesn't believe that he is deserving of love. He's always made fun of and teased for his height, and he, be- he actually thinks that Roxanne is in love with him, and then she says, no, I'm in love with this guy named Christian, and he's like, well... I guess I'll get Christian to win over Roxanne. So he helps Christian write these love letters for Roxanne. It becomes this love triangle. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if uh, you have any Cyrano thoughts or I think the last movie, I'm trying to remember the last telling of the story. I mean, it was been, like Steve Martin. Didn't Steve that, was Martin? Roxanne. that was Roxanne. 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 So a very yeah. contemporary piece on it. And this, uh, this movie comes from Joe Wright, who did Pride and Prejudice, Atonement. He does artistic and romance so well. So it's easy to fall for just the romance and the flourish of it all. Haley Bennett plays Roxanne and she just is effervescent on screen. You fall for And it's a musical. If you know the band, The National, they wrote the music for it hmm. oh Barry, you know yeah. Barry the lead so is it a musical <laughs> but in the sense well watching the trailer yeah. you definitely get that sumptuous yes, vibe it is from a pride and prejudice from an atonement are the characters breaking out into song or is the music integrated into the storytelling in a more subtle way? It's, I mean, it's not subtle. They are breaking into song. There are large dance numbers and choreography. Why are they not saying this? I don't know. Yeah, and I actually really like the, the music. I mean, it has kind of a contemporary sound to it. But Calvin Harrison Jr., who plays Christian, has a beautiful voice. Hilly Bennett has a lovely voice in it as well. So I, Peter I Dinklage? fell in love. Peter Dinklage? He, I mean, he's not a singer. Yeah. But he still can carry a tune a bit. Yeah. Kind I think of he was a in a band gravelly. in the eighties back in the I day. Know that. Well, I did hear good things. Was he nominated for something? The he well, okay. So he should have been. He gives a really great performance as Cyrano. But MGM kind of bungled the release of this movie, didn't push it enough. I think if they really would have put some money toward it, like they did for Licorice Pizza, we would have gotten more eyeballs on this. This is also pushed, had its release date pushed many, many times. Due to COVID, due to the award, you oh, know, all sure. that jazz. So. Yeah. How many ticket subs you get? Four to five. And Four I to talked five. to Haley Bennett, Joe Wright, and Calvin Harrison as well. Yes, you had interviews with them. Yeah. That had to be amazing. And that's all on your YouTube channel. Yes. We oh. talk about the music, singing live on set versus in a recording studio, romance. And we're watching this where again? In theaters. Theaters. Okay. Um, and then eventually it'll come on. Yeah. Like, I mean, are movies now. are going on demand within like a month or two. It's crazy. Oh, okay. So you don't yeah. have to wait too long if you just didn't want to go to a theater. But go support theaters. They yes. definitely need your audience. Well, you know, I know you love to cover uh, like movies who are nominated for awards and award shows. Did you follow the My Talk 1071 uh, My Talk Awards for the very I first time? I followed them by via Hannah's Instagram posts. Well, I th- I'm really happy that Team Cobra won. Thank you. I was going <laughs> to say. That's what he was positioning you to say, Paul. Congratulations. I was going to say you took you the bait. You completed the assignment. <laughs> Mostly obvious. because so obvious. I was, you guys so obvious. <laughs> yeah. I, we did get the most. Uh, we picked the the most correct nominations that ultimately like you would. were awarded. Thank you. But I wanted to give you a backhanded compliment oh. and say it's because of you showing up every Friday and telling us what's what and who's who. Well, thank you. I feel like Paul is definitely a part of that win. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Team Cobra. Yeah. Yes, and you can watch all the uh, award. Like we did five days. Of giving out these, that is like the longest award show ever. We should be in the Guinness Book of World Records. Were Monday you cut off on your acceptance speech, or did many you... times? Okay, many times. That's and Lori so was constantly throwing numbers at me about why our choice was wrong, but it worked out for us in the end because we yeah. got five correct. 
or we picked five nominees that ended up being because you selected picked by the listeners. Yep. Was Olivia Rodrigo yours? Uh, no, I don't think so. It was not. Okay. No, I know I that we picked correctly with uh, today was Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders and his mittens. mittens. Yes, absolutely. You can put that meme anywhere. Then there was also Celebrity Story of the Year, which was the Free Britney absolutely. movement. Yeah. Britney Spears How can you get any bigger than that? No, yeah, but right? you can't. That's why we won. Exactly. That's why I won. <laughs> In closing, Paul, what's coming up on Twin Cities Live today? We're going to talk about Cyrano. We're going to talk about the Foo Fighters Studio 666. You will also see my interview with David Morse for The Green Mile, which is now in 4K. So we got to talk about the legacy of that Stephen King adaptation, Michael Clark Duncan. Um, TJ Therian and Kristen Hobrick are hosting today on Twin Cities Live. So. All right, fabulous. If you ever miss Paul or you want more of Paul, you can't get enough Paul, head to his YouTube channel. <laughs> Some big interviews next week with Sir Patrick Stewart and the oh, cast of Picard. Engage! Engage! Uh, so <laughs> like and subscribe. Batman, yes. it, it, it's something I look forward to. It pops up on your YouTube channel automatically that way. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, thank you, Paul. Thank you. When we come back, we have got uh, criminals. And welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. And have I got a special thing for you holly we got something to give away pew pew prizes 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 oh it's not that kind of dance i mean maybe it is it depends on you know that's true it's taste personal taste those clickety clackers over at river dance you know i mean things might be bouncing up and down <laughs> but we've got a pair of tickets to see river dances 25th anniversary show 25 years can you believe that it's been 25 years of Riverdance. It's at the Mystic Showroom Sunday, May 29th. I can't, actually. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it just seems like something that's been around forever. It's been around forever. Well, you can go and see it Sunday, May 29th at 8 p.m. We're going to give the tickets to caller number 2, 651-641-1071. If you are caller 2, you will win a pair of tickets to see Riverdance, the 25th anniversary show, at the Mystic Showroom Sunday, May 29th. Get something to put on the calendar to look forward to. Get those tickets! All right, now, <laughs> now, get them up, move them along. Let's do some crazy, stupid idiots. Well then, I guess one could say yeah, move them out. that's a crazy, nope. stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of... Florida. Florida. And sometimes other places. Yeah, where? Pennsylvania. Ooh, yay. It's like Florida Junior. We're going to Jefferson County, PA. And I want to tell you about something that happened that'll change your life forever. Okay, maybe not. But it's certainly a story you haven't heard. Now, if I just told you that 20-year-old Ray Byler of Siegel, Jefferson County, Pennsylvania was pulled over on a DUI, you'd say to me, that sounds pretty garden variety. It's dumb, and it happens. Yeah, like, but mm-hmm. why would you include it on a segment where you try to pull out, like, the best crazy stupid idiots, dumb people doing dumb things, right? I mean, I I suppose perhaps it's what they were doing in addition to being arrested for that. Yeah, well, in this case, it really is just even, like, what he was driving, what vehicle he was operating that earned this story at least special attention and crazy stupid idiot status. Would you like to guess what he was uh, operating? Yes. Okay. He was operating a clown car. No. One of those little cars that the Shriners drive. No, but that would be fun. A, mm, a hover round. Also wrong. 
What if I told you that he was operating something pulled by a team of horses? A buggy? Was the the individual in question from the Amish community? Okay. Yep, a horse-drawn buggy <laughs> being driven so recklessly, Holly, that 20-year-old Ray Byler was throwing sparks, according to police. The oh, wheels were, were, I mean, that's I how just, reckless. Can you imagine with the that, horses? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and sparks are flying off the back? Well, the poor horses. The the cops had to pull him over, like, with the, you know, the cherries glaring or blaring. And um, he now faces misdemeanor driving under the influence charges as well as careless and reckless driving. This after he was observed um, on a Amish horse buggy that was being operated recklessly. He's apparently police say they began following the horse and buggy and watched as it sped up while rounding a turn. Mm. He then locked the buggy's brakes and slid the wheels, sending sparks flying. So he must have been pulling maneuvers. Yeah. You know, like, watch this! And then pulls the brake as it's turning, throwing sparks off the side. Dangerous. Even though most people would probably be like, "What's what is that man doing on a horse?" Dangerous, a horse to, yeah, buggy? to humans. Dangerous to the horse. I feel like this is the this is the premise to an action movie that Hollywood hasn't made yet. Yeah, with Harrison Ford, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think they made it. It's called Witness. <laughs> but they had yes. no reckless buggy driving <laughs> no. that I remember. There was no buggy chase. There might have been though. I don't remember. It's been so long. It's been a hot second. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, never mind. Uh, you could just make Amish uh, comparisons. Don't think they're listening. <laughs> no, I always. That's kind of the. Okay. We're gonna let ourselves out, people. Yep. Good day. <laughs> All right. Um, where are we going next, Holly? New Hampshire. Oh, okay. New Hampshire. I've never been there. It's one um, of the few states I've never. I been think to. I have. And that's what I've got to say okay, about so New it Hampshire. It was, it was truly, memorable. it was a truly memorable trip. Now, memorable. <laughs> okay, it's Wait, Friday. Uh, Where's the clown horn? No, why is that? You said memorable. Oh, I was like, why are we getting horny? The story isn't horny. I thought you were gonna go for the clown car horn. Um, we're going to North. That's it. Northampton, New Hampshire, Bradley, where a mystery has finally been solved. Oh, I love a good mystery. Now we have to go back to January 2020. A simpler time where a resident of an apartment complex called the police to report a suspicious man. Mm. Now the man, the man was trying to break into a washing machine in this apartment complex. Now this guy uh, pried open the washing machine with a tool... The lock was broken. The guy saying that he just needed money to get home, according to a witness. So he thought that the smart way to do that was to pry open a washing machine and get himself some quarters. Oh, Uh I see. Okay. Yeah. Except a lot of times they're tokens. Well, Which would be awkward. I, thank you. See, this he wasn't really thinking this all the way through. Now, this man was carrying something that ultimately led to him being captured by authorities. Bradley, would you like to guess what this guy was carrying? Was he carrying the washing machine? No, he wasn't. Oh. No, he wasn't carrying the washing machine. The crowbar? No, he wasn't carrying a crowbar. Okay. Uh, hmm. 
lots of quarters? No. It was what he was carrying before he broke into the washing machine that ultimately led him to being a crazy, stupid idiot. He was carrying a jar of peanut butter. What? Yes. And the peanut butter gave him away? Yeah, because in a police report, they said it was likely that whoever had broken into the machine had peanut butter all over their hands for some reason. So he had peanut butter fingers. He literally had peanut butter fingers. (laughs) He had peanut butter fingers, and that gave him away. And they're like, well, we know this man is probably, the FBI calls in a, you know, one of those, what do they call those people that like they can figure out, they can sense like who the cr- criminal is? Oh, yeah, like the detectorist, yeah, or whatever they call them. Like, uh, it's a man between the ages of 34 and 52, and he likely has a professional job and a jar of peanut butter. Yeah, well, they didn't need a mentalist to mentalist, figure it yeah. out. Because ultimately, authorities, detectorist, detectorist, those are the people with the, the metal, metal detectors. detectors. It's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah, because ultimately the peanut butter that was left behind by our perpetrator was collected for DNA evidence by the police. And that's how they caught up with Mr. Andre Davis. Two years after he broke into the apartment complex, stealing the quarters from the washing machine. Now, wait a minute. They're still following this guy for quarters after two years? Mm -hmm. That is some thorough... Police work. Yeah, I mean, perhaps there's not a lot of crime happening in Northampton and New Hampshire, so they've got a lot of time on their hands. That's insane. Yeah. All right, well, kudos. So he was arrested. He was arrested because they found the peanut butter not only on the washing machine, but it was in the hallway on the doorknob of an apartment. So Those were some quick-thinking cops that were able to take samples, you know, uh and keep them... uh, Keep him for two, two years, years. now. Crazy. Uh, he's been charged with breaking into a depository and malicious destruction of property at, valued at less than one thousand two hundred dollars. All right, sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Where are we Chunky going? Chunky or creamy? Uh, you know, the police did not verify mm. what kind of peanut butter he was holding. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was where? That was in New Hampshire. That, that's right, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. New yeah. Hampshire. All right. Well, now we need to go all the way to. New York. Just a quick little hop, skip, and jump down from New Hampshire. And I want to tell you about the dumbest guy ever. Okay, maybe not ever because we've done a lot of dummies before. But this involves another burglary, actually, where somebody broke into something and stole some stuff. But this wasn't just any break-in, of course, because if it were, it would be pretty... Standard issue crime. Yeah, we wouldn't wouldn't be doing it on this segment. No. This guy... um, the source of the crazy stupid idiotness in this particular story has to do with the insane riskiness of the place he burgled. Mm. Would you like to take a guess at where this individual uh, was caught burgling, burgling, burglaring, burgling, burgle, <laughs> burglarizing, burglarizing. Now, Bradley, a, a follow-up question to yes, your question. Yeah. Is this in New York State, or are we talking about New York City? Well, it was the NYPD, so I'm going to assume that it was, yeah, the mm-hmm. New York City. All right. That individual... The Bronx, the Bronx. The, oh, the Bronx, Bronx. okay. Yeah. Uh, that person broke into... Now, if it's the Bronx, let's just say the Bronx Zoo, because they wanted to have an intimate experience, perhaps, with one of the creatures. I'm not talking that intimate. They just wanted oh, okay. to pet. And, and like, not that kind of going? petting, either. No. Not no no horny zoo. Okay, not a horny zoo. It was no. not a horny zoo, uh, and there was no Bronx cheer. Uh-huh. What are you doing? 
I think a Bronx cheer is a burp, isn't it? Like the <laughs> isn't that slang for a burp? I don't know. Bronx cheer isn't that a, what a whoopee they cushion bro- does? Okay, great. Uh, well, that being- a sound of derision or contempt made by blowing through closed lips with the tongue between them, a raspberry. <laughs> That's a Bronx cheer. Anyway. Um, they broke into the bathroom at the McDonald's <laughs> in the Bronx. No, again, insanely risky place to burgle. A like, building that's you... on fire. No. <laughs> like, of all the places you could burgle, who would be, mo- like, where would be most likely to, like, you're going to get caught right away the minute you step foot in this place? Oh, no. They broke into a police precinct. Yes, a man thought it was a really great idea, according to a senior police official, about 10 p.m. on Wednesday, to burgle the Bronx 52nd, I think it was the 52nd precinct, yeah, on Webster Avenue. Carlos Luciano was found inside the CO's office. He'd apparently entered through a first floor window. On being discovered, uh, he took off running through the station. Should not surprise you that... Were a lot of police there, so they caught him. Yeah, uh, and uh, he did damage a window in the process. Um, he was taken into custody and charged with burglar e. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, look, if you had already had some stuff seized by the cops, you just gotta let it go. Oh, you think maybe he went I, back to like get some evidence? Or yeah, something? yeah, or get some evidence or do something. I feel like there perhaps was some kind of motive. I have it's no possible. idea. I'm it's just possible. speculating, but why would somebody be so stupid as to go into a police precinct and try to rob them? I know, uh, because that's where everybody thinks you go, so I'm just gonna go there because nobody would think you'd go there. But that's where everybody... Th- no, Wait, hun, honey, you, you don't get any prizes for being Captain Obvious. Uh, speaking of Captain Obvious, when we come back, I hope the answers to the throwback live are obvious. We'll be doing that when Holly hosts our favorite game right here on My Talk 1071.